Donna's cheeks flushed with embarrassment. Her first real emergency at the age of 21, and she was acting like a scared five-year-old. She shook herself. Yes, it's my first deep space voyage. Yes, I've only been here 14 days and don't know the crew, but where did that bubbly, confident communications officer go? Get a grip on yourself, woman. You're meant to be an officer. In a stronger voice, she replied, Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. It won't happen again. I'm sure it won't. Now, lock onto the navigation buoy and download a message to it. Instruct it to launch its emergency communications drone back to Garunda and inform port control we have a fire in the engine room. We're currently adrift at the first way marker, and we're declaring an emergency and request assistance as soon as possible. That's the thing, sir. I've been trying to raise the buoy, but the rear whisker laser mount isn't responding to commands or any of my computer fault interrogations. The bow mount can't traverse far enough to see the buoy and get a lock. Richard mulled the problem. Each of the navigation buoys contained a communications drone equipped with its own gravity drive. The drones on this run were programmed to head for either Garunda or Alona, whichever was the closest. Any ship in distress could download a message to the drone and launch it automatically, then sit back and await rescue. Now that wasn't an option. Kennedy, warm up the emergency drone. Download our current logs, but don't launch until we hear back from the first officer. The Happy Wanderer, like every commercial starship, was required to carry at least one communications drone. After the incident with the TDF Vasco da Gama, where it ended up 50,000 light-years from its intended destination, it seemed like a prudent requirement. Well, thought Richard, how right they were. Lorna was tapping at her keyboard again, happy to have a purpose. The attention tone beeped in the captain's display, and Richard activated the pickup. It revealed the image of Yoshi in a hard vacuum suit. A sense of dreadful foreboding twisted his stomach. Go ahead, Yoshi. Captain, I've reached the bulkhead at engineering. The telltale signs on this side of the door show it's over 1,800 degrees in there. I can't get a visual as the cameras are down, but... Richard saw Yoshi's look of despair as he shook his head. I'm sorry, sir. There's no way any of the engineering crew could have survived. No way, Richard responded rhetorically as he processed the likely deaths of his crew. Yoshi shook his head slowly, sharing his captain's pain. No, I can't see it, sir. Richard lowered his head, rubbing his forehead gently. Chief Engineer Michelle Logan and he had been friends for almost thirty years, since he had joined Zurich Lines. They had crewed the long-haul cargo runs from the asteroid belt to the inner planets. They were godparents to each other's children. Now, in an instant, she was gone. How was he going to break the news to her husband? Yoshi's tinny voice jolted his captain back to the present. With your permission, sir... I'm going to seal the next bulkhead back from engineering, and then pump out the air from between the two. Use it like an airlock. If the fire's consumed all the oxygen in engineering, then there's no point in giving it the fuel to reignite. Sounds like a good plan, Yoshi. I'll enter engineering and open it to space to allow the heat to dissipate before resealing and repressurizing it, before I do a proper damage estimate. How long do you think till you can get in and give me a provisional damage report? Not long, sir. We're already suited up here. Give me twenty minutes and I should know what we're facing. Okay, Yoshi. 
Permission granted, and I'll expect to hear from you in twenty. Richard cut the link and turned to the waiting Robards and Kennedy. We wait, he said simply. It was the longest twenty minutes of his life. Richard alternated between hope and dread. Surely there was a chance someone could have survived. There were emergency suits stored in engineering in case of a coolant leak or sudden depressurization. A suit's internal oxygen supply was good for up to an hour. Some of the crew may have reached them in time. These thoughts were swiftly quashed by reality. There was no chance anyone could survive an 1,800-degree fire that would have enveloped the entire space in seconds. True to Yoshi's word, the captain's console beeped for attention just over twenty minutes later. At the touch of a control, Yoshi's face appeared, sweat streaming from his brow, and a worried look on his face. Richard steeled himself.